0: Metamorphosis. Simone, <laughs> I insists I'll yep. be something okay. new. <laughs> I don't know how I remember that.
1: Good morning, good day, and good evening. And good night. Good
0: night. Welcome to episode 23
1: of the Insomnia Report. I'm Elizabeth. I'm Margot. And we are the two friends and roommates from Chicago that like to talk about the things that keep us up at night. night we got some true crime stories for you guys today of course we do and it's episode 23 which is my lucky number so i'm super pumped about that if this is your first time listening welcome if you have listened before welcome back we're so happy to have you we're so happy that you're listening and
0: yeah oh i was gonna say this and i forgot is 23 your favorite number because of Michael Jordan? Is that why?
1: My, yeah, because of Michael Jordan, because he's, you know, he represents Chicago. It's also, mm. I was born on November 23rd. So it's oh, just like, yeah. I just think it looks nice, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to light the candle if you yes. would like to tell me about your week. What has kept you up? Um, So many things.
0: So many things. So most recently the whole bachelor fiasco mm-hmm. we just watched the after the final rose yes which were so ecstatic that katie and michelle are gonna be
1: dual bachelorettes the whole time we were like it has to be one of them it has to be yeah. one of them and when we found out it was going to be both of them i literally started like slapping elizabeth's arm <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> and her boyfriend was sitting there like oh. like i don't know what's going on <laughs> He came over. I was like, yeah, you can come over, but Elizabeth and I have to watch this. Yeah. And I lied about how long it would take. <laughs> so he brought over Subway, and I was just sitting there eating my tuna sandwich, being like, oh, my God, I can't believe. <laughs> uh, Yeah, and then after the final rose thing was just brutal. It, yeah, they were asking the hard I mean, questions. And it was so, yeah. do you guys want to embrace Silence for like three minutes. Okay, we're gonna cut
0: to commercial. It, it was so painful.
1: Sorry if we spoiled yeah. anything. Well, we well, didn't say names yeah. except you guys could probably wait. guess. No, because Michelle was like the final two. Oh, wow. Well, okay, well, surprise. Spoiler alert. <laughs> we're excited. That's all. Yeah, we're excited about the
0: future of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Otherwise, I went on a Wikipedia rabbit hole the other day about foods that are native to the Americas. Oh, okay. I learned that potatoes are native to the Americas. I did not know that until you told me. Yeah.
1: Chili peppers, Mm. blueberries. I like blueberries. So do I. Apparently, blueberries are supposed to clear up your throat chakra, which according to a medium in... For a psychic I met in California, my tho- throat chakra is clogged. So she told me I eat more wow. blueberries. So have you been doing that? Um, I mean, I eat blueberries. <laughs> I, I don't okay. know if it's like un- if it's cleared up or not, but she oh. says apparently it's, it's closed. So sometimes I say things and they don't come out how I mean. I'm like, well, that's just mm-hmm. me as a person. Like talk to me for five minutes and, you know, <laughs> that's- she could have figured that out easily so i don't know
0: yeah well i don't know i don't know what to tell you eat more blueberries and see what happens they're good for the throat chakra yeah good antioxidants too yes that's probably
1: more important (laughs) (laughs) um yeah what's kept you up at night i've just been very uh confused as to what day it is like this whole week like i today it was not friday i thought it was friday elizabeth walked in on me having a panic attack because on Fridays I'm supposed to send over a report to my client I was like I didn't get this in my inbox like I was supposed to send it and then it was like oh it's only Thursday it's not Friday so I mean that hasn't necessarily kept me up but I'm I guess just just confused just confused and plus you were gone all last week so it's like it just felt like a a weekend where you went home and I'm going home this weekend so it's just you know Stirring it up a little bit, especially when we've been, so I've been batching it, I guess. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I went to the suburbs last week for the whole week. Mm. I missed you. I missed you too. All right. Oh, yeah. Let's
1: get lit. Nice. Snap, crackle pop. Rice Krispies.
0: (laughs) oh um shout out to our listeners in nevada
1: we don't know who you are but you're doing a great job you've been binging yeah thank you so much we love to see who listens and we have listeners all over the world which is like mind-blowing when we were first talking about you know we had a manifestation day where we wrote (laughs) down our intentions on a vision board yeah and one of them was like global listeners and how many downloads we were hoping for and like we just appreciate all of you so thank you nevada thank you ireland and australia and germany and and russia india philippines we have a lot of all over the the, philippines listeners
0: from the philippines
1: canada yeah Canada was early on. Canada did not stick with it. But mm, it's okay. we, we you can leave you. that out. It's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we were saying, though, you know, one of our theories was maybe in Nevada, it's like Zach Bagans is listening yeah. to our podcast. Or and Dakota. If, yeah. Or, or the Destination Tanner. Fear Crew. I think that's where they live. Maybe. If it is indeed Zach Bagans, I just want to state for the record that when we make fun of you. It's, it's out of a good place. Yeah. It's out of love. <laughs> we wouldn't watch your show if we didn't love you. Yes. We think you're great
1: and doing a great job. If it's not Zach, then we also think you're great. It's fine. Yeah, We're we, not disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, disclaimer. Right. Yes. So do you want to tell me about something, uh, some kind of crime, some someone who died or... Do I go first on these? I think so. Yeah. Oh, shoot. I do. Oh, my <laughs> God. I had like a moment... I mean, I can this go if too. you want. No, no, like, no, no, no. <laughs> I,
0: I can go. I know. It's just. <laughs> what day is it? Where, what where year is me? it? Who are you? Um, uh. You can see me. <laughs> All right. Okay. So first off, I want to say thank you to Kirsten for suggesting this mm. topic. And I want to take you on a journey.
1: We're going on a trip in our favorite rocket ship, soaring through the sky.
0: Little Einstein. Oh. (laughs) I was a nanny,
1: okay? Oh, yeah. I was a nanny long after that show. I saw, this
0: is not related to anything. I saw a preview today on Netflix for the new show Waffles and Mochi. Oh. I think that's what it's called. And they're like puppets who go on a food adventure, and Michelle Obama's on it. And it looks really cute oh we need to add that to our list it it, needs to be top of our list it looks like it's for like five-year-olds I don't care but it looks
1: really cute I could use a brain reset (laughs) my brain is very at capacity so I could use some like Arthur or yeah Arthur was great yeah I need to cleanse the bachelor from my mind yeah well thankfully it won't be back until like June so we'll be okay yeah we got time okay so what journey are we going thank you
0: um so we are going on a journey of a woman named april baliseo i'm sorry if i pronounced that incorrectly all right born april edwards around 1970 i don't know exactly when her birthday is okay happy birthday um she grew up in a tumultuous household with her mother tumultuous yeah big word with her mother, Kay, her father, and her four siblings. Hmm. Her father was a handyman. He supported the family by doing odd jobs. And according to April, he was very good looking and a ladies man. She said that about her father? Yeah. Just, okay. just sort of like people in the community liked him. Charismatic. Yeah. yeah charming. Um, so he's probably a serial killer. <laughs> funny you say that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, she said that. You know, people really liked him and that always bothered her because he was saying one thing and doing another. Um, He came across as a loving father and husband, but he was very strict and he abused and manipulated her mother. Oh, gosh. Their family was um, always kind of pretty poor, but he was always able to find them someplace to live that was either inexpensive or that he could fix up to get free rent so Mm. because he was a handyman got it as a child she was also well aware that he was a con artist oh and a really good one too oh dear yeah she said it didn't matter who you were you could be you know their friendly neighbor a family member a friend he would find some way to swindle you okay he that was like what he really liked to do so he was also
1: like a narcissist kind of
0: yeah okay he had other quirks, too. As we all do. <laughs> As we all do. Hopefully not to this level. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> he was very into true crime, which, okay. We are, too. What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> but he was, like, always talking about murder. Like, it was something he was always talking about. And he would show April and her siblings TV clips about the Zodiac killer. Oh. And analyze them and stuff and be like, that's not how it happened. Like like How just like you know weird Dad? comments like that and he also really liked to get to know the local police force and kind of like get buddy buddy with them interesting and tried to help them with investigations and would like feed them tips about local crime and stuff he okay was like
1: I f- that's very suspicious because i feel like he would yeah. like miss mm. a little sus a little sus i feel like that's my new thing i've never used that
0: word before it's like <laughs> and it stuck. it's podcast. weird i know i like it i know Thanks, It's it's our thing yeah. But. I n- I never did either.
1: <laughs> kind of sus. A little sus. A little
0: sus. So April's family never stayed in one place for long. She estimates that during her entire school career, she went to 16 different schools. Wow. They moved around a lot. Jeez. And sometimes her father would move them quickly in the middle of the night. That's also sus. Like without warning, like, hey, we're moving. It's like the middle of the night. It's not. There's yeah. a flag and it's red. <laughs> it is gigantic. I am and throwing red. it on the field. <laughs> April always figured that they were moving because her father had done something illegal. Well, so it it was like, you know, she was aware that he probably wasn't um, genuine, like like a good person yeah. or following the law. I guess between 1974. In 2009, her father, this is kind of looking back, but he lived in a dozen different states and used false names all the time.
1: That's also a flag that is red.
0: Yeah. This escalated when in 1982, the home that they were living in burned down, and the police learned that April's father had enlisted her elementary school-aged brothers to help him set the house on fire so that he could collect the insurance money. Ugh. Okay. She also mentioned that he may have been angry at their landlord
1: or something. That's okay. But, that's a little drastic. <laughs> a little uh, bit, yeah. A little bit. Did traumatic. he live in Nub City ever? Does he have every toe? I wanna know. Huh? Nub City?
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I I think he would definitely do something like that.
1: Yeah. But he would do it to someone else. He wouldn't be like, Here, can right. I see your foot for a second? Exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> So, after this whole thing...
1: Burnt to the ground. The house.
0: Yeah. She... April was like, yeah, I don't think my dad's a very nice man. Like, she sort of kind of like... This is the first time she kind of realized
1: that. I give her props for having that intuition because I feel like with yeah. family, people are often like, no, everything's fine. Like, mm-hmm. he's a good guy. He's just, you know, under a lot of stress.
0: Yeah. Right. Uh, after that, he was arrested for arson and okay. spent two years in prison. So... Mm. They knew he did it, and they arrested him. You got me. Yeah. Once he got out, April no longer trusted her father, and all she wanted to do was get out of the house. She got a job, moved out, eventually started a family of her own, but she always had these suspicions in the back of her mind. What was her father really up to? Could he have been capable of even worse things than what she already knew about?
1: Worse than burning down a house and moving and using fake names and mm-hmm. being a Carl or okay. It's just
0: a little, it's all suspicious. Yes. Yeah. Sus. In 2009, so fast forward. Yeah. You hit the double <laughs> fast forward. Now it's 2009 mm-hmm. and April has three grown children of her own. Oh. And she decided to start listening to these suspicions she's been, she'd been having all okay. of these years. She did some Googling she as googled right she googled cold cases plus the locations where they'd all live growing up uh-oh and it was when she saw a news report about a cold case from 1980 in Concord Wisconsin known as the sweetheart murders that she thought she might have stumbled upon something here in august of 1980 kelly drew and tim hack who are both 19 attended a wedding reception at a building called the Concord House again in Concord, Wisconsin. Afterwards they were supposed to meet friends at a carnival around eleven PM as one does in the summer in the Midwest, you right, know? That's of like course.
1: that's typical. Yeah,
0: I can I can picture that.
1: Right. Not unheard of.
0: Right. So they left the Concord House. People saw them leaving, but they never showed up to meet their friends. Ooh. Three months later, their bodies were found. <gasps> Kelly was naked, uh, found in the woods, and Tim was found in a nearby cornfield, and they had both been stabbed and strangled. Yeah. At the time, April, her father, and their family lived in a campground next to the Concord House. Her father had done repairs there. Two days after the disappearance of Tim and Kelly, their family moved. Okay. Abruptly.
1: I hmm. Hmm. I think she's on to something. I think so too, Detective April.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, how? I mean, that's just too much of a coincidence. Yeah, and to kind of come to this realization about your own father, like that. I can't imagine. Yeah, I don't know. He had been questioned by investigators at the time, but raised no red flags. So well, I um (laughs) am.
1: (laughs) they didn't follow through there of course well wasn't he like buddy buddy with the police too yeah true
0: so So, you know (laughs) as an adult though april heard these details about this case and realized that her father could have been responsible Mm. she said i started hyperventilating because that was the moment it really hit me that my dad was the horrible horrible person that i'd always suspected him of i just never had the proof oh The case had recently been reopened, and April called the lead investigator, whose name is Chad Garcia, to tip him off. Mm. Turns out, her dad's DNA matched DNA found at the crime scene. (gasps) So, her dad, Edward Wayne Edwards, was taken into custody in July 2009. Oh, my gosh. Now, we're going to rewind a little bit. (laughs) That sounded like a turkey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Turkeys are so... Uh, they smell really bad if you've ever been to a turkey farm. I can't say that I have.
1: I was recently. like,
0: <laughs> I went with my dad to pick up a turkey for last Thanksgiving at a turkey farm. Oh, my. I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if
1: I could just pick one out and be like, I'll see you well, on my...
0: Well, we didn't do that. we It was <laughs> oh, already... It was already dead. It was in a box, and we picked it up.
1: It was frozen, but... It was like I thought you meant like the actual turkey was in a box. I was like, oh, like not the dead turkey. Oh yeah. Oh. Okay.
0: It's like good lord, <laughs> we had to kill it ourselves. Well, no, it was. But we were like driving around the turkey farm because my dad wanted to see it because he likes to. He's just I don't know. He's curt. Yeah. He, he likes to like poke his nose into places and it's like dark out and he's like let's go look in the turkey shed i'm like we should probably not do that but we you did (laughs) but he did we know we did not we did not (laughs) (laughs) i'm not naming the turkey farm um but he like pulled the door open and all the turkeys were like in there looking at us and i could the smell just like hit me and it was so bad Hmm. anyway i digress (laughs) um also fun fact about turkeys is they respond (laughs) to like noise so if you're by some turkeys and you like clap they'll all gobble at the same time (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, anyway okay that has nothing to do with this story um (laughs) it has everything to do
1: the turkey murders it went cold turkey (laughs) the cold turkey murder oh gosh I'm having too much fun with it. <laughs> take take my mic away. Who let uh, me do this? Who I thought could this do, was a good idea? Maybe I'll
0: do a whole episode on turkeys at some point. <laughs> okay. I have another whole episode planned about a different animal, but okay. anyway. I'm unrelated. waiting for your salt one. Oh, yeah. I have to,
1: yeah. Anyway. To
0: finish that book. Okay. <laughs> so let's rewind a little bit. Edward Wayne Edwards was born Charles Edward Myers on June 14th, 1933 in Akron, Ohio. I don't know why he became Edward Wayne Edwards. I don't know like where that changed. Mm. But anyway. Okay. Unfortunately, his mother committed suicide when he was very young. And he didn't have a father, so he was sent to a Catholic orphanage no. where he was bullied and abused by both the other boys and the nuns. What? Dude. Which is very unfortunate but not surprising to me. Brilliant. Yeah, the nuns, man. They're like
1: they're everywhere. I'm
0: gonna do an, an episode on that at mm-hmm. some point too. Not those specific nuns, but different ones. Anyway. I think I know which ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those. Those. Mm-hmm. Eventually though he was kicked out of the orphanage because they couldn't handle his behavior. His behavior. He was being bullied and (laughs) I know. But he was he would go into these rages and um also I don't know, one article said he was a sadomasochist, but I don't know any details about that or like what 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 he was doing. Yeah. But anyway. Jeez. When a nun asked him what he wanted to be when he grew up, apparently he told her, Sister, I'm going to be a crook, and I'm going to be a good one.
1: I thought you were going to say Satan or something.
0: Oh. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, you got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Thus began his life of crime.
1: I'm glad he lived his dream. I'm he not. He he was
0: going to do it. No, and, it's bad. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. um, uh, you know, I forgot what episode it was today, and I take it back. <laughs> so uh oh my god uh, my throat chakra
0: guys i don't know it's just <laughs> <laughs> gotta eat more blueberries man yeah at age 17 edwards joined the marines oh um, no right out of juvie like they let him out of he was in juvie for some reason i don't know why. juvenile detention for some reason and i don't know why but he was, and he left to join the Marines. But then a few months later, he went AWOL. Oh, dear. Absent without leave. <laughs> okay. Right? That's what that stands for, yeah. right? Okay.
1: And... Oh, it, uh, it just connected that. I thought yeah. AWOL was just, like, going crazy. And Wait, let me make sure. Well, that makes sense. Because I know there's the band AWOL Nation. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In case you're not familiar with this term, it means absent without leave. So, basically, like, you're... Deserter from the military. Got it. Yeah. After he left and went AWOL, he started to burglarize, rob, and he stole cars and stuff. He was just like so. Living. He was also like a
1: kleptomaniac and just yeah.
0: He had a lot of things going on. He was living his his life of crime, his childhood dream. Yes, and he was in jail in Akron, Ohio, in 1955. When he escaped by pushing past a guard and then he went on to rob gas stations to sustain himself, I guess, but he never covered his face or tried to conceal his identity when doing so because he said he wanted to be famous. Oh, Randy. (laughs) Randy, that scared me. (sighs) Because he wanted to be... (laughs) Yeah. Okay. He wanted to be famous. For robbing gas
1: stations. Well, that's just stupid. Yeah. In
0: 1961, he was put on the FBI's most wanted list for alleged unlawful interstate flight to avoid confinement after a robbery conviction. He came off the list when he was arrested in Atlanta in January 1962. And when he got out on parole five years later, he claimed to be completely reformed. Of course. I always say that. I always say. And it, then, it reminds me of like Jack Unterweger
1: a little bit. Yeah. I've been cleansed. I am. Right. I am a God loving man. Whatever. Yeah. Randy has a lot to say about that.
0: Right. Thank you for the commentary. Rand-
1: Randy Randall. Randy Randolph. Randolph. Randy Randall. Yes. Randy Randall Randolphson.
0: Yeah. He like gains a new name. every episode.
1: <laughs> We're just going to continue. Randy it.
0: Randolphson. Like Edward Edwards. Yeah. There you go. There you go. He said that a guard who was kind to him basically changed his whole perspective on life. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. He traveled across the United States as a motivational speaker. There are. They write books, they yeah, speak. Yeah, again, know. it's like a Jack Unterweger thing. Yeah. I don't know. It kind of has parallels yeah. here to, for me. By that time, he was married. He would marry three times, but oh. um, yeah, he was married to, I don't know to who, but to one of his wives. And he portrayed himself as a wholesome family man and went to speak to churches, police academies, radio programs. And he was even on a game show once called To Tell the Truth, where people had to guess like which contestant was the reformed criminal.
1: Oh, interesting. <laughs> I I hope that didn't last many seasons. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. They had weird game shows back in the day. They really did. They really did. But then again, we watch a show where one man dates 30 women.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so they haven't really gotten much better.
1: No, they have not. Just the quality has. Yes. But I mean, like the resolution, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's not. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be thinking about The Bachelor for a long time. Yes, me too. Okay. Edwards even wrote a book published in 1972 called Metamorphosis of a Criminal. Wasn't that the name of a Hillary Duff album? Yeah. You can find this book on Amazon for $289.90. Nope. Or apparently there's a free PDF somewhere on the
1: internet if you're interested. <laughs> Could you imagine being that guy that's like, dang it! <laughs> <laughs> However, so
0: the image Edwards was presenting to the public was a false one. Of course. In Sterling, Ohio, in 1977, young couple William Lavaco, who was 21, and Judith Straub, who was 18, were found murdered near their abandoned vehicle, both shot once in the neck. Oh. Valuables had been left in their car. And investigators couldn't place a motive for the crime, nor find a weapon, because they're like, "Oh, it wasn't robbery. Like they left all this stuff. So why? It did, must be why were they killed?" Or, yeah, yeah. It would not come to light until 2010 that Edward Edwards was responsible, mm. just as he was responsible for the similar murders in Wisconsin three years later. Does, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he was taken in by police, there was one more murder Edwards confessed to, that of his foster son. <gasps> Danny La Gluckner, a.k.a. Danny Boy Edwards. He had taken Danny under his wing under circumstances that are unknown to me. I don't know really who Danny was or why he was with Edward Edwards. Mm. But Edwards was essentially a father figure to Danny and at one point tried to adopt him. And Danny wanted this, too, because he had a good relationship with him. Yeah, sure. He was like his family. The judge said no, but agreed to a name change. So that's why he became Danny Boy Edwards, because Edwards called him Danny Boy. Okay. And then he took his last name. Somehow, Edwards manipulated Danny. Somehow. (laughs) Somehow. (laughs) Probably, yeah. This was his thing, manipulation. Right. So he manipulated Danny into joining the military Mm. and taking out the maximum life insurance policy he could. (sighs) Right. Okay.
1: I got another Gabe over here.
0: Uh, yeah, I know. Danny found out that he would be shipped off to Korea Ooh. and he didn't want to go. So Edwards convinced him to go AWOL like he did but knowing at the same time that that wouldn't disqualify him from the life insurance. Mm-hmm. He would still be eligible for the life insurance. Edwards assured him that he would hide him out and they would relocate so that You know, Mm -hmm. the military couldn't come for him, I guess. So he picked him up and once they got home, he shot and killed him. Oh, my gosh. No. He'd been planning this for over a year. Oh, God. You can watch. There's an interview with him on YouTube um, that he did with a local Ohio paper. And he said, I've always been into crime. (laughs) No shit. Yeah. (laughs) And with Danny, I saw an opportunity. I set it up to collect the money and ended up getting $250,000 out of it. And it was arranged. It was premeditated. It was thought out. It was planned. And that's what I did.
1: That's disgusting. That makes me so mad.
0: This was in 1996, by the way. I don't Mm. know if I mentioned that. In 2010, Edwards confessed to the four murders and received two life sentences, eventually getting the death penalty once he confessed to the murder of Danny. But he died in prison of natural causes in Columbus, Ohio on April 7th, 2011. Mm. And his execution had been set for August 31st, 2011. Mm. So he dodged that. As for April, she lives with guilt, both for turning him in and for not turning him in sooner. Mm. And she said she had guilt by association. And people would think that if they knew about her father, that Mm. that they would think she was like him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So she still struggles with that according to interviews with her.
1: I I mean that would be hard to deal with regardless okay. right exactly.
0: So Edwards only confessed to the five murders described and he's he said after he talked about murdering Danny, he said there's nothing else. he's the last one. but hmm. April believes um she said, I truly believe almost every place that we lived, my dad killed someone. <sighs>
1: And that They lived a lot of places. Yeah, 13 or 16 within yeah. high
0: school. something like that.
1: I mean, that would make the most sense for leaving in the middle of the night, unless, like, he wrapped something else. I don't know. Either right. way. Right. Shady. Yeah.
0: Horrible. In addition to that, many other people believe that he actually is connected to a bunch of, like, really famous murders and has kind of become this conspiracy theory mm-hmm. sort of thing. This guy named Phil Stanford wrote a book called The Peyton Allen Files, and there were these murders in 1960 of Beverly Allen and Larry Peyton in Portland, Oregon, which is sort of similar to the the other murders of couples, and he believes, the author Phil Stanford believes that Edward Edwards could have been responsible for these murders, and based on the information that he describes in his book, it seems like that could be credible Mm. because there's always like with serial killers, you know, it's always, they've killed more people, but they Mm. don't always confess to all of them. Right.
1: Yeah. I remember like with Ted Bundy, that was his thing. He's like, okay, like I'll, I'll admit to more if you keep me alive longer or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm. The main investigator on the case, Chad Garcia, Detective Chad Garcia, of the Jefferson County Sheriff's Office, said that he thinks that Edwards committed at least five to seven more murders than he confessed to. Mm. There's also this guy named John Cameron, who is a retired cold case detective. And he's kind of gone down this rabbit hole of Edward Wayne Edwards. Mm-hmm. Cameron thinks that Edwards is like the most prolific serial killer ever. Wow. He thinks that he has committed around 100 murders, including John Benet Ramsey. <gasps> what? Lacey Peterson. What? Teresa Halbach from Making a Murderer, mm. uh, Adam Walsh, Chandra Levy, Jimmy Hoffa, Martha Moxley, Steve Branch, Michael Moore, and Chris- Christopher Breyers, um, and the Black Dahlia. Ooh. He also believes he was the Zodiac Killer. Interesting.
1: Because he made that comment like, oh, that's not what happened. Right. Hmm. Um, Oof. I have, like, chills right now.
0: Yeah. A couple of years ago, Cameron made this documentary TV series with Edward Wayne Edwards' grandson, Wayne Wolf Jr., mm. who didn't know that Edwards was his grandfather until, like, all this came out. And God, his grandmother, I guess, told him, or he found out somehow, I don't remember. Yeah. Because his grandmother had been kind of, like, trying to hide from Edwards. Sure. Because she was his first wife, I believe. Okay. Dodge a bullet there oh my god for, for real so wayne wolf jr and john cameron got together to make this tv series about edwards and they were like tracking down all these leads basically trying to prove that he was that he killed all these other people these like famous cases and stuff mm-hmm. but it kind of reminds me a little bit of robert graysmith that guy who wrote the book about the zodiac mm. how he kind of like went down a rabbit hole and never came out yeah kind of thing sure because i believe john cameron also lost his job and like alienated himself kind of from his friends and family when he was pursuing this he claims that he's cracked part of the zodiac cipher Mm. that says that like his name is edward edwards Mm. It's it's like the way that he tries to connect him to these murders is kind of weird. Like a stretch. Yeah, like so for John Ramsey. Am I saying that right? Yeah, John Yeah, apparently, John Binet, the day before she was murdered, she was with one of her friends and her friend's mom, and she told her friend that it was around Christmas that she was getting a special secret visit from Santa after Christmas. Like, she insisted that mm. Santa would visit her. Mm-hmm. And they had a family friend who since passed away, but who would play Santa Claus, like, in the neighborhood and mm. did it also at their house. So he was kind of a suspect. And so they're like, that's really suspicious that Santa Claus would come over after Christmas and she was so sure of it, whatever. Right. And I don't know if Edwards was, like, near where they were at the time. I, I'm not sure, but... Cameron was saying, well, she's talking about Santa Claus and Edwards kind of looked like that at that time, you know, it's kinda, mm. but he's like convinced that that means that he did it sort mm. of thing. Mm. So it's, it's like a huge stretch. Anyway, Wayne was also skeptical of a lot of these theories, especially because when the Black Dahlia murder occurred, Edwards was 13. Mm-hmm. So, but he's still convinced, Cameron's still convinced that he did it. I mean, it's a
1: bit of a stretch, but I guess if you have that much, like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, so his, his reasoning was Edwards is obviously like a psychopath or something. And so, you know, he's capable of anything. But the Black Dahlia murder, trigger warning, this is really graphic, but her body was cut in half to almost like a surgical degree, right? Precision, yeah. Yeah. And she was drained of
1: all this blood. Because and... they thought she was like a mannequin. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh. God, <laughs> um, that's one to cover. Like there's so many yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So even though like being a psychopath doesn't mean that you would know how to do that necessarily.
1: But at 13. And at 13. Yeah. So it's like, mm, I don't know. Again, like kind of a stretch.
0: Yeah. So I'm skeptical of these claims. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I totally believe that he killed other people that he didn't confess to. But yeah. to connect him to all of these murders, I don't know. I don't know yeah there's a podcast called the clearing that recently came out uh it features april and the goal is basically to like kind of get to the bottom of all this and like get to the truth in the context of all of these conspiracy theories surrounding him Mm -hmm. so i haven't listened to it and i probably should have before i covered this topic (laughs) no it's okay um so, yeah, it looks good. I'm going to listen to it. You guys should listen to it, too. And let me know what your thoughts are. Yes. But, yeah, that's it. That's Edward Wayne Edwards. Jeez. Good Lord.
1: Yeah. <sighs> that was a lot.
0: Thanks again to Kirsten for tipping me off. Yeah, seriously. Because I had one. not heard of that man.
1: You know, I think I was watching a cold case file about the sweetheart yeah that's where she said she heard about him okay mm-hmm. but i was folding laundry when i was watching that episode oh. but i remember hearing that and i remember hearing they were like from wisconsin so yeah
0: all
1: right so this one it's a little closer to home oh god and it's one of those it's a it's another one that i've heard about and it stuck with me for a long time after okay
0: i'm ready So it's August 2013. Oh, no. Like, always when it's recent, more
1: recent, it's like... um, I know. I know. Because you talk about ones that happened forever ago, and it's like, well, research has come out, and Mm. this is just... This this one gets me, so... All right. Apologize ahead of time. 19-year-old Bryce Lispiza just finished his first week of his sophomore year of college. So he attends Sierra College in Northern California, and he is a talented artist who is majoring in graphic and industrial design. He was born April 30th, 1994. Oh my God. And he was originally from the Chicago suburb of Naperville. Oh my God. That's what I know. Naperville. After graduating from Naperville Central High School, class of 2012. Oh, wow. Him and his parents, Karen and Mike, moved to Laguna Niguel, California. So his parents were living about 450 miles south of Sierra College. His parents were retired, so that's why they decided to go move somewhere warmer. And while Bryce was going to go to school in California, and Bryce was their only son. Naperville. He was a year older than us. It's just so. Oh, my
0: God. I bet I know people who,
1: yeah, like, knew him. Mm. Wow. So Bryce was incredibly outgoing. He seemed to have everything going for him. He had a lot of friends. Uh, he, you know, l- would light up a room, as people always do when they talk about, you know. Mm. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. He had a roommate named Sean, who was also his best friend. He had, uh, Bryce had a girlfriend named Kim and Bryce also got really good grades. So he had the full package, you know, outgoing, mm-hmm. he was athletic and yeah, all the, um, good guy. So on Monday, August 26th was technically his first day back at school, but he had returned to school two weeks before to get settled in or, or to go back home. But he had lived at his parents' place for the summer, as you do, mm-hmm. and- He, you know, after his first day of classes, he called his mom that night to talk about his day, typical chat. And she said that everything seemed totally fine. He seemed happy, you know, just talked about his classes. It was syllabus day. Nice to see everyone after summer, blah, Mm. blah, blah. So everything seemed fine. It wasn't until the next few days that his girlfriend Kim and his friend Sean started to notice concern in behavior. So much so that Sean actually called Bryce's parents to let him know that he was concerned. Oh, wow. For one thing, Bryce was not acting like himself, and he also texted Kim, said that she would be, quote, better off without him. Oh, no. And then she replied, are you breaking up with me? And he said, yeah. So Sean had said that the strange behavior happened after Bryce had taken Vivance. Uh, So he could stay up all night playing video games with another friends of theirs. What is that? So Vyvanse is a type of ADHD medicine. Mm. And I will say I take Adderall for my ADHD. Mm. Um, I have never taken Vyvanse. However, any kind of ADHD medicine can be a stimulant. Mm. So what it does is it adds Dopamine to your brain, so you're able to focus. So people with ADHD, it doesn't, it like works, but it doesn't have the same effect to obviously someone who has the normal amount. Mm -hmm. So it tends to be a very abused drugs for undergrad students. It's something very common that they do, Mm -hmm. and it is recommended that you take it at the same time every day, and you take it in the morning because if you take it later, you have trouble sleeping. It's also, like I said, a stimulator, so it can be abused or cause addiction. Mm-hmm. Now, this is directly from the FDA. It may cause uh, psychotic or manic symptoms in patients mm. that had no prior history, or it can emphasize symptoms in patients with pre-existent psychosis. So you should get an evaluation for or for other Conditions such as bipolar disorder prior to any kind of stimulant use. Mm -hmm. And then directly from Healthline, if you take this kind of stimulant, some symptoms include new or worsened problems with behavior or thought, bipolar illness that's new or gets worse, hallucinations, so you could see or hear things that aren't real, delusions, believe in things that aren't true, paranoia or extreme suspicion, Increased blood pressure or heart rate. Problems with blood flow to your fingers or toes. You know, I have that a lot because I'm Mm. always like, my fingers are cold. Yeah. Um, A sudden stroke, heart attack, or death. Oh, my God. So
0: I don't like where this is going.
1: I I am not a doctor. I'm just saying, you know, I just wanted to make note of this. This Mm -hmm. may not even be the reason. But Mm. um, something Sean also mentioned is Bryce had been drinking a little bit more. Mm. And for certain medicines you're not supposed to drink on medicine and I will say for ADHD medicine it's it's not necessarily that you can't drink on it but it's obviously not recommended I mm-hmm. think it depends on everyone's situation but you know talk to your doctor obviously it's not a warning on the actual label like mm-hmm. it doesn't there's some like an antidepressant or a painkiller it directly says do not drink alcohol but it's not a disclaimer on this one mm-hmm. however you know it obviously could have some sort of effect it it could have its own tear because you know
0: mm-hmm. anyway
1: i'm not a doctor i just wanted to put that out there let him know that he, mm-hmm. let you all know that he was taking something and mm-hmm especially if you're misusing it, you're, you know, taking it late at night to stay up. And then if you've been up for all hours, obviously that's going to cause other problems too. So any questions? Okay. I don't think so. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. So in addition to randomly breaking up with Kim through a text, first Mm. of all, rude. Second of all, there's no additional context. It just kind of happened abruptly. Yeah. And then Sean also mentioned... That Bryce kept telling him something was wrong, but he would not say what it was. He was just like, something's Ooh. off, something's wrong, and he was acting really weird. So Bryce had also given away a lot of his possessions, including a pair of diamond earrings that his mother had given him and his Xbox. Oh, my God. So you know it's bad when he gives up the Xbox. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like a college boy. Right. like Right. Oh, my God. Um, especially something so sentimental. diamond earrings so not good signs no no so a few hours after so karen bryce's mom gets a call from sean and talks about his concerns and she's like oh well he hasn't spoken to me or i spoke to him and he seemed fine so i don't know if she like brushed it off or just said okay i'm gonna keep an eye on this Mm -hmm. but a few hours after she gets this call from sean Karen gets a call from Bryce directly, and he is at Kim's apartment, which is 90 miles away from Bryce's place. Mm -hmm. So Kim had gotten on the phone with Karen, and she said, Bryce is acting really weird. I don't think he should drive home. And she had taken Bryce's keys. Mm -hmm. Smart girl. Yes. Karen gets on the phone with Bryce, and she says... Is everything okay? I can hop on a plane and go visit you. Like, tell me what's going on. And Bryce says that he had, like, things to talk about with his mom. But he, like, no, don't hop on a plane. Like, don't do that. We can talk later. And he just said that Kim was kind of exaggerating the situation. And she was, like, upset that they were breaking up. Oh, no. And she didn't want him to leave. Oh, I don't like this. So um, I don't either. But he reassures his mom, like, everything's fine. Kim just doesn't want to give me my keys. She's upset because we broke up. He And, like, at the end of the day, he's like, Mom, I just, I, I just want to go home. Like, I'm mm-hmm. tired. Just tell her to give me my keys. So Karen tells Kim, OK, give him back his keys. He says he's fine. I trust him as long as he promises to call her in the morning. Mm-hmm. So Bryce leaves Kim's place around 1130 that night. At 1 a.m., Karen gets a call from Bryce, and she's assuming it's just to ring and let her know that he made it back to his apartment. So she missed the call. She had fallen asleep, and she just remembered, like, hearing it, but she didn't answer. So she's like, oh, like, he's home. It's fine. It was later revealed by Cell Phone Towers that he was an hour even past his apartment, basically in the middle of nowhere, uh, by the mountains. Oh, my God. So he, like, completely drove past his apartment didn't even go home. The next morning, Mike and Karen get a notification that Bryce had used his roadside assistance service using Bryce's number. So she called Sean and asked if Bryce was there because he wasn't picking up. And Mm. Sean said Bryce never came home last night. The parents also were trying to investigate because Bryce wasn't answering. So they Mm. saw that $20 was charged on Bryce's credit card that was linked to his parents' account in a town called Button Willow, which is 350 miles south of Kim's apartment. Oh, my God. Button Willow is in a desert town best known for being a truck stop. There's not a lot of people there. It's like a population of 1,200 people. Button Willow is... So from... Bryce's school to his parents' place, it's about, like, a seven-hour drive or so. Mm-hmm. So this is about four hours or so from his place. So they go, oh, but in Willow, he must be on his way to Laguna. Mm-hmm. Where they are. Where they are. Uh-huh. So they're like, okay, he he wanted to come home. Like, he uh-huh. needed to come home or whatever. So they're like, okay, great, he's he's going to come home. So, like, maybe that's why he's not answering. He's driving. So Mike... The father tracked down where the credit card was used and it was used at Castro, Tires and Gas. So Mike called the repair shop and he said, Hey, like I noticed, you know, what's going on? And he talked to a man named Christian who worked at the repair shop or or the service shop. Mm-hmm. And he said that he was the one that actually delivered three gallons of gasoline to Bryce because he made the call uh, that he needed assistance and he because bryce's car had run out of gas christian said that he delivered the gas at the button willow truck stop and that was about 90 minutes ago so an hour and a half Mm -hmm. ago like i delivered Mm -hmm. the gas to him karen and mike are like well we haven't like heard from bryce you know did he seem okay like what what's going on did he see where he was going or whatever and christian says you know what? If you give me 15 minutes, I'll, I'll drive back there and see if he's still there. And they're like, holy cow, that would be amazing. So mm-hmm. super nice guy. Thank you, Christian. Because Bryce wasn't answering their calls. So Christian goes back there to the rest stop only to find Bryce is in the exact same spot as before. He hadn't moved at all. Oh, no. And Christian said... He, you know, goes up to Bryce and he said he seemed okay. His eyes were a little red, but like he seemed normal. And he hands his phone over to Bryce and Karen said, Bryce, what are you doing? And Bryce said nothing, like literally nothing. He's like, I'm just sitting like what? So she says, Bryce, go fill up your tank and come home. You're three hours away. Just, just fill up your, your car and come home. Like stop messing around. So Bryce says, okay, I'm going to do that. So everyone goes on their way, and Bryce goes to fill up his tank. So as I had mentioned from this location, Bryce would have returned to his parents' house around 3 or so. 5.30 rolls around, and there's still no Bryce, and he's still not answering his phone. So at this point, it's been six hours since anyone had heard from Bryce. Karen and Mike file a missing in person report with the Orange County Police Department. And they are able to connect with the cell phone company that they were working with or that they had a plan with. And the cell phone tower was able to ping or the company was able to ping Bryce's location. And he was still in Button Willow. He had only gone eight miles from the gas station. So in nine hours, he had gone eight miles. Hmm. So they sent out highway patrol to see what was going on. So they were able to find his location and the officers found his car and, you know, we're talking to him and they said Bryce's, they knew about Bryce's behavior based on the police report and they did a sobriety test, and they were asking him questions. Bryce passed; he was totally fine. They even searched his car; they didn't find any drugs, any alcohol. There was no substances. There was nothing concerning or out of the ordinary, like at all. Bryce was completely coherent. He was answering questions well. He he seemed alert. There was like no red flags that he was like, you know, acting sketchy or acting weird or mm-hmm. nervous. He was like, no, I'm just like sitting. So because Bryce was 19, there was nothing the officers could do. So they're like, look, kid, call your mom. And Bryce was really reluctant to do so. So the officer had to physically dial it for Bryce and, like, hold the phone up to his ear. Wow. And Karen asked the deputy, is Bryce okay? And the officer said, yeah, he's totally fine. And on the outside, he seemed totally fine. Like, no drugs, no alcohol. Mm-hmm. He He's coherent and Bryce said okay you know he's he's fine to go home so Karen you know trusted the officer's judgment and Mm. you know he they were like okay yeah like go home kid or you know whatever so an hour after that Christian the car shop hero returned a call from Karen and asked do you want me to check on Bryce and she said oh no like He left about an hour ago. He should be home in like a couple hours. So Christian decided to go check anyway. So 15 minutes later, Christian calls Karen. Sure enough, Bryce is still there. He hasn't moved. It's been 13 hours and he's still in button willow. Oh, my God. So Christian offers to follow Bryce. Bryce. Like to make sure that he makes it onto the correct highway to and like head in the Christian. I know such a good Samaritan. We love you. We love you. Oh my gosh! Not all heroes wear capes. Yeah. They wear car grease. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like obviously he he knows that the parents are like stressed and like something's obviously weird. Like. Mm. If you're staying in your car for 13 hours and you're not in traffic, like, even yeah. if you are in traffic, I yeah. hope yeah. it doesn't last that long. Like, is he long. eating? Like, what is he, you know? I don't know. Oh, my God. That's that's what's so weird. But so he offers to follow Bryce, make sure he heads in the right direction. So they drive 30 minutes. And then eventually they merge onto the highway. And he even, like, follows the car for 10 miles. And he's mm-hmm. like, all right, you know what? He, he calls up Karen and says, he's on the road. He's heading towards you. I'm going to turn around. Mm-hmm. Thank you, sir, for your service. So Bryce calls and he says, he's on the phone with his parents and his parents are saying, okay, can you show me landmarks? Like, where are you? So we can know or whatever. And he's like, it's too dark to see. I don't know where I am. Like, But the GPS says I'm going to be there at at 3.30 in the morning.
0: Oh, my God.
1: (sighs) Yep. So it's around 2.09 a.m. And... Bryce calls his mom and says he's going to pull over because he's too tired to drive, so he's going to sleep in his car before driving home. Oh, no. And at that point, he had been awake for over 27 hours or so. Oh, my god! So she said, you know what? That's a good idea. Okay, why don't his parents come and get him
0: at this point? I know. Like, sorry, know. but,
1: like... No, a hundred... Like,
0: yeah. I I agree. <laughs>
1: like, there's two of them. One of you stay right. home in case he does come home. Like, ugh. We'll talk about that later. Okay. okay. So the next morning, Karen and Mike's doorbell rings and they expect it to be Bryce. Which I think is kind of weird because it's like if it's your kid, wouldn't he yeah. have like a key anyway. So the doorbell rings and they think it's gonna be Bryce, but it's um it's not Bryce and it's also not good news because it's a highway patrol officer. Oh no. So around five thirty that morning, Bryce's beige 2003, Toyota Highlander was found crashed and overturned on its side at the bottom of an embankment that dropped 25 feet from a steep hill.
0: Oh, no. Bryce
1: was not in the car. What? The back of the window had been broken out from the inside. All of Bryce's personal belongings were in the car, Including his phone and his laptop, and then his wallet and duffel bag were outside of the car by the broken window. There was no evidence of any serious injury because there were only a few drops of blood on the head seat, mm-hmm. the headrest, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. what it's called. Yeah, yeah the headrest and the back seat, but it wasn't like an alarming amount. Yeah. And obviously, if it was bad, like he would be in the car right i mean it was still a bad accident but um you know he was able to walk away Mm. because bryce's body was not found it was believed that he had walked off so they started a search right away and they had divers search around the entire lake because it was by a lake Mm. and they searched it thoroughly for several days and they couldn't find anything. They also had ATVs, they had crews in the area, they had helicopters, they even had cadaver, cadaver dogs. Mm. The dogs had picked up a scent that actually led to a gas station, but after that the scent completely cut off. Wow. So... Unfortunately after that, so did all Leeds. About five days after the accident, the Los Angeles County firefighters responded to a call in the area because a runner had seen a bush fire in the area surrounding the lake. To everyone's horror, the cause was due to a burning body. Oh my God. However, the body turned out to not be Bryce's. What? It was determined to be the body of a 35-year-old man named Lamandre Dion Miles of South Los Angeles. He had been quote riddled with bullets end quote during a fight over his failure to pay a debt before being dumped and set on fire. Jesus Christ! I know. Oh my God! I, so really freaking awful That's horrible. First of all, that's absolutely horrible. Second of all, like so close to the area that Bryce disappeared yeah. and like 5 What's days afterwards.
0: On? Is there like some drug runner thing going on? I don't know. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> <Sorry>. no, no, <laughs> I think that's
1: a good theory. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk. Okay. Um but they made flyers. They put them all over the area. They had a billboard. Karen talked to the media after weeks of searching the investigation was pulled back because there was no evidence of foul play or that his body would be found like in or or oh. near the lake now there was video surveillance on a road near where the accident happened and his car was captured on two separate occasions on this road on august 30th 2013 at 2 15 a.m A photo was taken just seven minutes after Bryce made the call to his mother on the day at the the time he claimed he was going to pull over and rest. Mm -hmm. Two hours later, at 4.29 a.m., he had been circling the area, and it was captured again. Wow. So he had been going around this area, like driving around in circles, which is incredibly weird. Now... Investigators say that based on the tire tracks near the car crash, there were tire tracks that were visible on top of the embankment and they led down towards the bank, towards the lake. Mm. So it's called Cast- Castaic Lake. And investigators believe that based on the tire tracks, Bryce descended at a very high speed. And made no effort for the break, so he essentially floored it, going off this cliff. Oh, like my god, I think it's assumed that he was expecting to crash into the lake. Yeah, but it the cliff was kind of misleading because it was like wider than it looked. Uh-huh. So he ended up like falling onto like a separate cliff or landing uh-huh. rather than into the lake. <sighs> okay, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So the theory at this point was Bryce was trying to take his own life and wanted to drive off the cliff into the lake mm-hmm. because he didn't try to break or anything. Yeah. As for other theories, to kind of go off the last one, one is that he may have committed suicide. So this is based on previous behavior. It's common with people who are suicidal. Uh, they give away personal possessions. They have substance abuse. They cut ties with people in their lives, as well as the evidence from the car crash, as I mentioned, you know, not trying to break. He had also said he had a lot of things he wanted to discuss with his parents. Um that's you know, something major might have happened and he didn't know how to discuss it. Or, you know, maybe he didn't feel he, he felt shame about something or, you know, whatever. So that's all speculation. He had also been in his car for several hours without doing anything. So maybe he was contemplating, like, do I go home? Do I go back to school? Do I run off? Like, he could have been having, like, a internal crisis about something. Mm-hmm. That said, another theory is that Bryce just wanted to walk away from his life willingly because – Two different cadaver dogs traced his scent and then it abruptly ended at the truck stop. So maybe he had gotten a ride or he had hitched one or or gotten on a truck with someone and he, you know, gave all of his stuff away because he literally just wanted to start over. Some believe that after the crash he had maybe gotten a head injury and got an amnesia or was completely like unaware of like where who he Mm. was but that's suspicious because then you would think he would like go to the hospital but i don't know um wow he also could have been experiencing a mental breakdown Mm. um mental illness or even psychological disorders including bipolar disorder and schizophrenia tend to be he was at the prime age to be diagnosed with this right His substance abuse could have uh, amplified this as well. Mm -hmm. Um, He could have also had, you know, like I mentioned, he could have been having an episode. Um, As I had mentioned earlier, ADHD medication is a stimulant and it gives us extra dopamine. So the brain is rewarded for having this. So, you know, there's obviously the science to it. But when you don't need it, it is amplified so therefore it's like the crash is a lot stronger Mm. when you come down from it so it's like really addictive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's incredibly addictive yeah and it can impact like i said those who don't need it and if you are taking these in addition to having such a high amount of lack of sleep this can have Mm. big impacts on the mind and body after the accident he also could have wandered off into the wilderness nearby and gotten lost and he could have died there and you know they didn't find him under like the bushes or something but i mean they searched the area very thoroughly Mm -hmm. like they had dogs they had atvs they had helicopters so
0: do you know if the dogs i don't know if this is a thing but do you know if they smelled like a body or if they smelled him because, like, don't they give a signal when they smell, like, a cadaver? They smelled him. Okay. Yeah. So okay.
1: they picked up his scent. Okay. And then it, like, ended at a truck stop. So that's, gotcha. like, the okay. assumption that he got into a car because yeah. it was, wow. like, cut off. Okay. At least from what I, like, read and from the documentary I watched and everything, like, it said that they picked up on him. Mm-hmm. So not, like, specifically the body. Got it. But the body of... Lamandre. Oh, yeah. Was like called because someone saw like a bushfire or something. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't the dogs that found him. Mm. Mm. So it also could be that he did have plans to willingly leave, but he may have fallen victim to foul play. And it's also speculation that maybe he actually witnessed the murder of Lamandre. or something weird going on in the Mm. area and he saw something he wasn't supposed to or maybe he did get picked up by someone he shouldn't have and you know he was delusional and someone took advantage of that or you know he could have just gotten on he could have like hitchhiked or gotten on with a long distance trucker and he could literally be anywhere in the u.s so some people speculate that he could have driven down to the area to wait for a drug dealer and he like just kept waiting to see if like they would come but that's you know just kind of a theory the thing about this case is there's no hard evidence as to what happened it like mm-hmm. leaves to a complete dead end so there's like no idea there's yeah, no really... idea oh yeah oh my god two years after he had gone missing They did a full, extensive sonar search of the lake, and after two 12-hour days, they still found nothing. Many believe that he is actually still out there and still alive, and his family is on the fact, like, they do not believe that Bryce committed suicide. Mm -hmm. There have been some reports, tips, or leads, but they obviously didn't turn out to be anything, it's also speculated that maybe he had left to go start a new life, and because he's an adult or whatever, and he says like, "No, I don't, I don't want to talk to anyone." Then they like respect that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That must be so hard for his family not knowing what happened. Mm-hmm. I kind of hesitate to discuss this next part because. There had been things that had surfaced about Bryce's relationship with his family. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, people on the internet will become critics or, mm-hmm. you know, bubble up situations or say, like, oh, I knew Bryce or I knew his family. So I don't want to put the parents in a bad light or blame them by any means. But I will say I watched a documentary on Investigation Discover. Mm-hmm. Um, It was called Disappeared. And even my perspective was in the interviews with his parents in the documentary or even with the news like they just seemed very matter of fact mm-hmm. and very like calculated and they weren't emotional like mm-hmm. the only time the mother cried was at the end of the documentary when she said the worst thing about it's It's worse not knowing where he is rather than knowing that he's like dead,
0: mm-hmm. and that
1: was the only time she had cried, mm-hmm. which again, like everyone grieves in different ways. It was just right. it it kind of seemed yeah a little strange it It seemed like they were very careful or rehearsed with their words as if mm-hmm. they wanted to put themselves or their family or Bryce in a better light, or they were in denial that Bryce had an issue with mental health mm. Mm-hmm. Specifically, a couple of things that have gotten criticism is, you know, why was it when Kim, the girlfriend, said that she doesn't think that Bryce should drive? Karen was like, no, he can drive. It's fine. Or, you know, Sean had called and said concern. Or there were all these things going on. Or to your point earlier, why didn't Mm -hmm. they drive to him when he had been there for 13 hours? Like, Mm -hmm. there's just so much weird. Things,
0: yeah,
1: and like he wasn't that far away, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was also said that his parents had like really high expectations, they were pretty controlling. His mom might have been like a helicopter parent, Mm -hmm. had him on a short leash, which is why he was kind of starting to rebel. In one part of the documentary, they said he was home all summer, he didn't drink or do drugs at all, so it's like they could have been in denial. Or they were completely blind to it because his friends said that he would drink like a handful of liquor in one weekend. Oh my god! When he was at school, so yeah. I think there would be a lot of red flags going off for someone's roommate and girlfriend to call someone's family. Like y- you would have to be incredibly concerned to to reach out. Right. You know, it's, exactly. it's not like oh you had a bad day, so I'm gonna call your mother. It's like right. No, this is not like this person. But again, like, I'm not blaming the parents. I'm sure if they could go back and change everything, I'm sure Mm. they would change how things obviously turned out that day. And it's easy to point fingers on the other side. However, if you want to go down that Internet rabbit hole, like, there's a lot of Reddit posts on it. I believe (sighs) that. Yeah. So to this day, it is unsolved and unknown wow my opinions tend to bounce all over the place like the more i dug into it i'm like no it it, i think this happened i'm like no way that it's it's this and so very chilling but regardless i do hope that bryce is alive and well regardless of what it is and i mean maybe he became a no man i don't know you know but maybe i hope his family does get closure someday so regardless of whatever theory you have he is still missing So that, I will provide additional information. Bryce Laspiza was last seen or heard from on August 30, 2013, and his vehicle was found overturned in Castella, California. Bryce is a Caucasian male that was born on April 30, 1994, with red hair and green eyes. He's 5'11", and he weighs 170 pounds. He would be 26 and turn in 27 next month. He has pierced ears, and he has a tattoo of a big Taurus bull head on his left shoulder. Bryce was last seen wearing white cargo shorts, a blue and white checkered shirt. He's a size 12 shoe, and he was wearing white and red Nikes. If you have any additional information regarding the disappearance of Bryce, please contact the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Office at 323 890 Additionally, there is a family tip line at 949-292-4400. Or you can mail in any images you might find at findbricelespisa at gmail.com. That's F-I-N-D-B-R-Y-C-E-L-A-S-P-I-S-A at gmail.com. There's also a Facebook group called Find Bryce Lespia, And I will put this information in the show description as well for this episode, but there's also a $5,000 reward available for any information that would lead to Bryce's whereabouts. And to wrap it up, I also want to leave noting, for anyone struggling with mental health or feels alone, know that help is out there if you need it. And if you are experiencing a crisis or need help, the National Suicide Hotline is 1-800- Two seven three eight two five five. Thank you for all that information. Yeah, that's really good.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. I like the first theory that I kind of go to is I wonder if maybe he, like you said, he hitched a ride at the truck stop or something, and then something happened to him in a second location. Maybe. Yeah. Because from that point, there's no way to know. Right. You know, he could be anywhere. Yeah, something could
1: happen to him anywhere, and no one would know. Exactly, I, because I mean, the dogs stopped there. So was he waiting for a ride? Like, was he planning mm-hmm. this? Did he crash the car intentionally to make it look like something happened? And like, was the was he planning on being picked up? And that's why he was waiting for so long. You know, like I don't know. Yeah. I
0: it does sound to me like he was having some sort of mental 100%. episode yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's, yeah, that's such a strange case. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, chill. It, it definitely sits with me still. Like, mm-hmm. I, I her- first heard about it years ago, and I was just like, geez.
0: Yeah, oh, my God. Well, I hope, I mean, I, I'm not optimistic that he's alive, but. no. Yeah, I hope
1: that he is. I ho- obviously hope so too. But um, yeah, you know, I just hope that they have answers. You know, like yeah, th- that's the thing about cold cases. It's just there's so many questions, and you know, what had what would have happened if Kim didn't give the keys over, or if the parents mm-hmm. went over there, or you know, yeah. like what was the thing that Bryce needed to tell his mom? Like mm-hmm. you know, there's just. I don't know there's just so much yeah. like I don't know
0: like I bet I mean I I bet his parents kind of like thought back to it and like that's the thing that too like so that's why bad. I don't
1: want to like criticize the parents yeah. because I feel they knew their son and they're like yeah but I also have a feeling that maybe they may not have been as understanding so I feel Bryce mm. might have been like they need perfection or they're in denial that I have a problem and if I have a problem Mm. I mean like I said there's a lot of things on the internet so I don't think it's fair for me to say this when I don't know the family or anything but there are things where people on the internet would be like oh yeah I went to high school with him or I knew like the family and they're like completely different on the surface so you know like Mm -hmm. with anything that comes up there's always going to be someone that's like oh well blah 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 but like I don't think it's fair for me to Mm -hmm. like I'm just going to let you know it's there if you want to do further research and form your own opinion I Mm -hmm. encourage you to do that and let us know what you think but Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like if Bryce is alive and he doesn't want to be found like you know I feel he's not going to Mm -hmm. if because he he would have reached out by this point you know yeah. and if he isn't I hope people get answers I just mm-hmm. you know I I feel for my heart goes to the family because yeah. I, I can't imagine so and you know take care of your mental health yeah I will always be an advocate for that so oh me too me too yeah
0: ask if you need help reach out there are always people who will support you and the world is better with you in it yes and yeah, to both of our parents, I know. Like, if I ever call your parents, or if you ever call my parents, like oh, they'd be like, "Something hold, is going on." Hold so. my purse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're lucky yeah. we have good parents.
1: Yeah. Not saying their their parents are. Well, we also you know live
0: I mean. a lot closer to our parents than he
1: did. Right, but even then, yeah. you know, yeah, if yeah. that it was like early. four hours away. My mom would be like, "All right, yeah, I'm getting a sweet tea from McDonald's." And <laughs> no, she would not drink sweet tea. She'd drink an unsweet tea. I apologize. Um. <laughs> or a diet coke. Okay. Sometimes you just need some bubbles, and I'd be like, "Oh, can you give me a Dr. Pepper?" <laughs> While you're on your way to come
0: save me, <laughs> save you, me from my mental crisis. Can you grab me a Dr. Pepper? <laughs> that might
1: help. I'm not saying it would fix everything, but it would help. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah. So sorry. Oh. Cold cases are never. Yeah. They're always have especially because he was so close to our age yeah he graduated high school a year before us he went to our like rival school yeah. it's just so e- yeah eerie. it's so weird it's it's so eerie it's just ugh. yeah well thank you for yeah. listening to our 23rd episode
0: yeah heavy. <laughs> heavy heavy stuff as always we appreciate you listening
1: yeah, yes. thank you so much thank you so much we would like to give credit to the artists that have helped us our music is composed by colin Whalish, and music production is by justin too
0: and our cover art is by erica chase would you like to tell them where to find us yes you can follow us on social media instagram facebook and twitter feel free to message us on those platforms as well if you'd like or you can send us an email at the insomnia report at com. send in your own listener report thank we, you for those that
1: have been
0: yes we're so excited to do a listener report episode coming very soon. soon to keep them coming and yeah we have a website coming soon. I've been oh, yeah. working on margot Marco's been doing a really good job on the website.
1: I need to get back That's on so <laughs> Um It's okay. I'm not a professional, but anyway. But it looks great. Yes. And tune in next week for a wild card. Ooh. What's it going to be? Nobody Who knows? knows. <laughs> <laughs> I usually don't know either until.
0: I anyway. actually know what I'm going to do. I'm kind of caught between a couple of topics, but. See, yeah.
1: I, I always do this thing where I'm like, yes, I'm going to talk about this. And then I find another rabbit hole to fall into. So yeah. TBD, find out. Who knows?
0: Tune okay. into 24 Tune to find in. out more. Magic 24.
1: I'm Margot, And I'm Elizabeth. This is the Insomnia Report. Good night. Stay sleepy. And spooky. And safe.